You'll go to the fucking moon, Rory. I remember a cocktail once. Vodka and branched-chain amino acids. It'll send you right to the fucking moon. Well, we're back here on the Skimbo Lounge. And uh, quick shout out to friend of the pod, Libby. I uh, just wanted to let you know, nice work on the house. Uh, I intend to take it from you by the time this is all done. So thank you for getting my palatial estate ready for me. And I, of course, am Alex. And I am Rory as always. I've seen those pictures. They're, uh, that, that house looks awesome. Hashtag sweat equity. They're, they're DIYing the fuck out of that place. Is there any way you can combine sweat and equity? Without making it sound too dirty, try it. I dare you. Sweaty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ew. Ugh. You know, it's those times I sit there and go, I should have gotten myself a little cabin in the woods, but it would probably would have turned out like cabin in the woods in my, <laughs> you know, in my right. So maybe yeah. it's for the best. You know, Where there uh, are inbred zombies under the floor. Is that your mm-hmm. primary concern? Yeah. It would have just been that guy, that old gentleman, being like, "All right, he's here. <laughs> Cracky. Uh, let's uh." Let's unleash the zombies. And I just seen one is just me going, fuck it, I've had a good run. Take me. And, <laughs> God damn it. And just that's an it. arrow through the eye. Yeah. Flag. Well, that was anticlimactic. He didn't even he didn't even have a girl out there. And then everyone has a good laugh because they've been following me for a while. <laughs> no, of course Save not. Save the Hemsworth. <laughs> so Rory, I got um first of all, wait a minute, what am I doing? What am I doing here? I'm I'm hopping right into the the giggly jump right off here, and I just I want to ask you how are you doing? Uh, I think about as as well as anyone can be during the uh, the current circumstances, while also being um, you know completely isolated and alone in New York City <laughs> with uh-huh. no friends and no family within miles and miles from me. So great, I'm doing great. <laughs> Have you hit the point yet where you've made your Wilson? You know what I'm talking about? Wilson from Castaway, the ball. Do sex objects count? They 100% count. <laughs> then if no. you don't think no. Tom Hanks wasn't having sex with that volleyball, his name, speaking of Epstein, is on that manifest. So don't tell me that guy <laughs> didn't fuck a volleyball. That's fair. I mean, if that guy ever did exist, he fucked the shit out of that, water bo- or that volleyball. Notice that it was deflated. A little bit. I think there's a reason for that. <laughs> Wilson! I'm sorry, Wilson! <laughs> <laughs> Carves into the some, back of it with an extra sharp shard of coconut. Some guy filled a volleyball with his cum and sent it out to sea. I don't understand. <laughs> what did we find here? Oh, oh gross. Uh, oh, oh. I'd like to think that the, that that character tried fucking a coconut first, but the coconut milk like burned his penis or something. Yeah. And so he moved on to Wilson. But that's just for me. That's just my own thoughts. Yeah. Having said that, yeah, no, I I could be doing better, I guess. <laughs> okay, it's a it's a weird landscape out here in New York City, where uh, because of the, such a high population, it's just there's always people out all the time. So you'd think that no one was doing anything about it except for putting a nice thin piece of cloth over their face, like that's going to save them. Uh, spoiler: It's not. This is a red zone. I keep seeing police out is the thing that's very interesting. And uh, they always sort of seem to look at me like I'm doing something wrong. So that's fun. 
they've got these you know they got the squad cars here with the leds on it so they all say six feet apart on them and then you see the two cops are like shoulder to shoulder so that's you know that's inspiring stuff oh yeah well they're probably getting all the good tests you know mm-hmm. you can count on them to well you don't know wanna... apparently not the nypd got like decimated by covid well because you, you i mean you got to figure there's it's probably a pretty high transmission rate when you're out billy clubbing black people yeah you so know. Yeah. they tend to scream when you do it so the droplets you know yeah, take that, the air. New York Police Department. You're racist. I, I wouldn't say that if they didn't protect themselves with those goddamn unions, uh, which I think is the most counterintuitive thing I've ever heard, police unions. I don't I, – let's not get into that. It, let's not get into that. <laughs> oh, <j> Jesus. <laughs> let's stick to what we do best, race baiting and half-baked <laughs> satire. <laughs> Great. That's what I want to be known for in the end of the day. Gaslighting and dog whistles. Is That's it, what we do. Is everyone following along so far? We asked somebody about their rural house, and now we're talking about racist cops. You see how we got from one to the other? I don't either. We don't. The thing is, the trick is not to make the leap in one fell swoop. No. You want to do it like little stones across the river. You want to get to institutionalized racism. You got to start with good housekeeping. Yeah, it's incremental. Bit by bit. See, guys, this is how Game of Thrones went from being one of the best shows ever to a pile of shit. Little by little. Listen, off the top of my head right now, Rory, I'll, I'll put this to you. Mm -hmm. I know we talked about doing Star Wars pod, and we can, and we should. But oh, I yeah. think if we were yeah. to do a, a big-ass deconstruction of the, the rise and fall of Game of Thrones, I think we're the two men to, to execute that. Well, how would you want to do it? Do you want to do it episode by episode or season by season? Because if we did episode, episode by episode, we could do like a little chunk I mean, like a nice 10-minute break down every episode from here on. But that'll take us quite a while. That'll take a long-ass time. And quite mm -hmm. frankly, I don't know if I'm emotionally ready, you know? I, every time I try to go back and watch How I Met Your Mother or Game of Thrones, I can't. The joy is gone. I'll be honest. I know what's coming. I have a lot harder time going back and watching How I Met Your Mother uh, than I do going back and watching Game of Thrones. I actually watched a couple. I've gotten that bored during this uh, this quarantine that I've actually watched the first. I watched up to, if you haven't watched Game of Thrones, spoiler alert, everybody. I watched up to the point where Viserys gets the gold uh, poured over his head um, mm -hmm. by Khal Drogo. Uh, that's about <laughs> where I'm at. And again, the first episodes, the, the first couple seasons, really do still hold up. Um, it's it's really good television. It's really good story writing. It's really interesting. It's really compelling. Sean Bean, he, he's fantastic. Hope nothing happens to him. Uh, hope he's on the hope he hope he continues on the show. What a We're great actor! We're praying for you, Sean. <laughs> oh, oh God! But How I Met Your Mother, I cannot go back and watch for some reason. I think it just has to do with the way, like they. Let me put it this way. Game of Thrones, you kind of knew where it was going the whole time. And then in those last, like, that last season and a half, two seasons, they really just phoned in the character development. Whereas with How I Met Your Mother, uh, you know, they took the whole theme of the show and they just kind of said, yeah, but no, it's not, it wasn't ever really about that. It, it was actually, and again, if you haven't watched How I Met Your Mother either, spoilers here. I hope you, you understand that. Uh, but it's been what it went off the air in 2013 or it's been 14, a long time because we it's were watching it in boston yeah. yeah it's been a while and uh that whole show as far as i see it was about ted mosby being sort of this every man for finding the person you love in the world and all the trials and tribulations that you go through in order to find that person all the wrong relationships to get to the right one 
And then at the end, in the last like 40 minutes, they go, <laughs> just kidding. It's actually about me wanting to date your quote, Aunt Robin. And you're <laughs> Piece like, Piece of shit. Like, you don't spend, uh, what, four seasons explaining why Ted and Aunt Robin aren't supposed to be together? Like, really cumulatively. I would go, I would like go a, ahead and argue cumulatively the entire series they spend demonstrating why Ted and Robin shouldn't be but together. at a certain point, they really get, well, of course, but at a certain point, they get to the point where you think Ted understands it, and he's just that's just a, a, mm-hmm. a, a friendship that he develops, like a really powerful friendship. Like, when there's the episode where he's, like, digging some shit out of Central Park or, you know. Yes. And it's like he's going to all these lengths to get this for her because she needs it as a sign that she's doing the right thing. By getting married to Barney. Spoiler, she wasn't. (laughs) And so, again, it's these stupid, painful misdirects where, you know, the Barney Stinson character, played by Neil Patrick Harris, uh, is really pigeonholed in the most undynamic way through the entire series. And then in certain times, they sort of give him a glimmer of character development only for them to rip it away and then hand him a child at the end and go, that's what he needed. He needed a kid this whole time to ground him. And I say, fuck you, lazy writers. Fuck you. Because everybody knows... Yeah, go ahead. And they're just telling you that. You don't get to see the fallout like you do with Marshall and Lily and their kids, Ted and the mother and Mm -hmm. their kids, Mm -hmm. Robin and her fucking job. You don't get any of the follow through on Barney as a dad, but they just tell you that he was amazing at it. It's it's like they thought of it in post and were like, we better go ADR that line. Really? Really, the, the whole last season of the show screams, we thought this up in season two and it was clever. Because that's what happened. You, the the big uh, like underlying thing that happened, I guess, was somewhere at the beginning or middle of season two, the, the show's creators realized, oh, shit. Uh, if we don't film everything with the kids right now, by the time the show ends, it's going to seem like this whole conversation is taken through their entire puberty. <laughs> so <laughs> we need to go ahead and film all of the reactions now and then you know that way they always stay the same age and i gotta tell you guys as if you're writers and you're creators out there that's the dumbest workaround i've ever heard just make it so that at a certain point you realize that the stories he's telling to his kids are is happening over time right uh, kids how about this story of the thing dad we're late for prom and then it's just you know that you yeah know, just do it that way it's dad i'm like, getting married in a minute you have to fucking shut up for a second yeah. finish the fucking story dad <laughs> <laughs> that would have been way more interesting to me personally i don't understand why they had that hard line set where they're like no 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 no, no. this is all taking place in like one or two sittings when the kids are young but you know what have what would have somehow been way less lazy of them than what they did. What's that? Is if you just film a bunch of reaction shots from the kids, no Mm -hmm. dialogue, and any time they speak to Ted, to Bob Saget, it's too... First of all, it's weird to hear Bob Saget's voice and then Mosby because they don't sound the the same. Yeah, it's awful. It's awful. But anyway, anytime the camera's on Ted, adult Ted, that's when you can get lines from the kids. So you're seeing his reaction as they say, well, Dad... I don't understand why you guys didn't just all murder Donald Trump in the streets and like drag him out <laughs> to the guillotine and stick a carrot up his ass. Hit him with but a billy like, club. Well, kids, that's a story for another time. I'll be Norm MacDonald next time because Bob Saget didn't agree to come back for a 10th season. But... Uh, and as a, as a show that sort of like is in some ways sort of sitcom-y, you know? Uh, it is a sitcom, yeah. Yeah. 
you know, it, it, it really spoke to the laziness of them trying to shoehorn that shit in at the end. It's like, it, you know, for for all the, the creative, you know, liberties that the show takes to be like, oh, we're having sandwiches. And again, Bob Saget is Ted Mosby's voice. I would have laughed my literal dick off if at the end they turned and it's Bob Saget there and they go, why did you, why, for some reason when you were telling the story, I had a different vision of what you looked like in my head. Yeah, go figure, kids. I can't help that. Or like, say, any, anything. You know, and, Freud says you were just seeing the person you want to fuck, so I don't any, know. Anything. Anything. It would have been funny. Just like, you're, you're doing this shit and you think you're so clever and then Ted comes out at the end and it's a different voice and you don't address it and you don't do anything with it. Yeah. it it's lazy, shit-ass writing. It's lazy, shitty... Everybody wanted to see him have a happy ending. It's supposed to yeah, be... Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's, it's, it's for you guys to shoehorn in this sort of like last minute, like, oh, but this is about real life. Sort of like ignored all of like the, oh, well, look, the doppelgangers and robots versus wrestling. And, yeah. uh, you know, Ted sneaks into a party full of New Yorker douchebags and all these little kind of fun intricate things that make the story so entertaining oh look uh marshall had these graphs that he needed and he had to bribe a homeless guy with a dollar a day to get him back and uh you know they're they're out looking for the best burger in new york and all this crazy shit that's sort of, sort of grounded but in a lot of ways definitely not look there's william shatner and you're like or who was it regis philbin showed up and all these other random things and they, yeah. have, they have dance montages and musical numbers and crazy fucking things that happen and then they end it by being like, but this is the real world, kids. And in the real world, you're going to fall in love with someone and she's going to die of the cancer or whatever <laughs> she got. Like, I just come on. Fuck you guys. Don't well, don't go against the theme of the story the whole time. And then right at the end, sit there and go, really? It was about me trying to convince the kids that it's OK for me to fuck Robin. Right. <laughs> this woman, they've grown up as a uh, influential female figure in their lives. And I'm going to confuse the hell out of them because every story I told was about how great the sex was. I spared no detail. I told my <laughs> kids what her pubic hair looked like when she had it. Our inflection, not theirs, but you get the exactly. point, I think, I hope. My uh, whole thing is they, they painted themselves into a corner unnecessarily. And I, it's not lost on me what we're doing right now. We're two guys who want to be, who do creative shit and want to like be in television, want to be in film. We want to mm -hmm. make sure. stuff and not have people question our every move. So it's not lost on me that we're, we're bitching about someone else's artistic choices. But here's the thing. They have painted to make sense. themselves. It has to make sense. They painted themselves into a corner and they promised us something and they didn't leave themselves an opportunity to change with the story as it went along. When, they, when you're locked into this ending, you suddenly make the characters do shit they would never do. And it all culminated with Ted Mosby being like, sorry, your mom died. And the, the, the worst part is the dialogue <laughs> from the fucking teenage daughter. She literally is like, you totally have a crush on Aunt Robin. You've been yeah. talking about it for like seven years. You should totally go for it, Dad. But this is the real world. Yeah. Fuck yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, that whole, yeah. That whole thing was just set up to be like, here you are, audience of baby birds. Let's spoon feed you. Open your mouths. Yeah. Open your mouths up. Nom, nom, nom. Eat the corporate just... slop, you little pigs. As I vomit this nonsense back in your mouth. And to tie it back to Benioff and Weiss, the, you know, the, the main... Uh, you know, creative whatever on the Game of Thrones series, they took the exact different route and still fucked it up. And that was in the sense, and I think that's why we're so upset by it, 
is that you watch people with all of the creative freedom in the world handed multi-million dollar budgets and then you watch them go yeah but we're kind of tired of telling this story so we're just going to phone it in at the end because we want to go work on star wars which they got taken away from them because fuck those guys but it's the idea that you know they have this amazing opportunity and they do so well at crafting the story up into a point and then they just phone it in and i don't understand why is it really that much more difficult to just finish it the way that it should have been finished Look at the fucking Sopranos. They that production schedule grew with every season and every episode to the point where season six got split up over like almost two years. And it's one season, but it came out like with a crazy amount of time in between because it took like 90 days to shoot an episode like something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Like like they they took their fucking time and let it be what it needed to be. And the end did it right. Everybody off. But it was the right fucking call. The whole thing is they, – they nailed it. Hot take, it I like the It might be the best – I like it too. What's your take on uh, – for a lot of people who still have yet to watch The Sopranos, again, we're going we're gonna to dive in, I think, just real quick here to the, the last scene of The Sopranos. Oh, um, man. This one I might not – That's what everybody I, I hated. It, it, it was fairly ubiquitous in pop culture, so I feel like a lot of people do know, but I'm thinking like – I love you, Derek and Nikki. Like, if they ever want to watch it and haven't, I don't want to, like, ruin the ending for them, you know? Okay, well, so we'll cut. They're, they're going to have to just not – I mean, I don't think it's ruining anything. Look how long the show's been going on. If you really wanted to watch The Sopranos, maybe you would have yeah. – It's not like we're going to spoil the last episode of Rick and Morty. Pretty mediocre, but – Yeah, wildly. Uh, it's not like we're going to spoil something that just happened or some movie that just came out or, you know uh, – Are you trying to seduce me to the dark side right now? Usually make me do a spoiler on these people we're not i mean we're 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 not just saying these things we're not we're not being like uh, vader is luke's father oops like snipe snipe killed dumbledore yeah <laughs> so, someone out there got pissed when you said that just now <laughs> yeah dude what it's emily machado number one harry potter super fan wait i didn't get that far she's just sitting there flicking through the book shit he's right <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> Oh, the magic was love. Dead God, what the fuck? <laughs> so Patronus was a doe. It's pretty straightforward. Snape was a good guy. Oh, I'm so mad. I've, I've got to write some letters. Dear Skimbo fucks. Uh, <laughs> Where do you get off? We don't have to spoil The Sopranos if you think there's people out there. You know, I think that was I don't know. the way to do it right, I though. Have, I have such reverence for that show. I think everyone should watch it. Honestly, watching through it again, I think I've reversed course. I used to say Breaking Bad, but I think I go back to The Sopranos now. I think it's like a perfect television show, and it might be the best one ever. I thought it was pretty damn good, yeah. I still I, – I, I would say between the two, I, I move between that and Breaking Bad's pretty fucking fantastic. Um, I mean, I remember watching the Breaking Bad finale with you in Boston being yeah. like, what the fuck? We mm-hmm. won't spoil that one. No, that's fantastic. I even well, I guess – we uh we avoid the question if I can double back to a how I met your mother question for you. Yeah, shoot. So my whole thing, why I like this show, because I, I will turn my nose up at something like the Big Bang Theory. I think that's lowest common denominator, low hanging fruit bullshit TV. Yeah, I agree. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I would. I I've watched all of maybe I would say a cumulative half hour of the Big Bang Theory because every time I've like 
every time I've turned it on, I've I've let like two, three jokes go, and I do one of those like, mm, nope, and I'm done. I just can't. My favorite part of watching The Big Bang Theory was I found a guy who did the edits online to show just how creepy the whole show is without the laugh track. <laughs> and if you haven't done that for yourself and you like The Big Bang Theory, prepare to have it ruined for you because you just sit there. It's just like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm, you know talking about mimesis and the mimesis of you and your friends oh that's interesting and like there's just these long (laughs) awkward pauses that happen in the discussion where you're like oh that's really uncomfortable because they're just waiting for the laughs to die so they can say the next line it is uh, it's all set up and punchline set up and punchline set up and punchline oh cringy which is kind of what how i met your mother and its baser instincts would do where it would be like, okay, we've got Robin and Barney at sure. the, You're right. the MoMA. They're at the Museum of Modern Art or wherever they are. And uh, they're at some gala. And Ted is off doing a plot line. I don't know what the fuck Eric and Lily are doing. Marshall and Lily are doing. Um, the, but, the relationship is either going great or it's going terrible. Yeah, One of the they're being adorable in a corner. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You know how it is. Uh, big guy, little girl, pff, recipe for magic. Um, Beautiful stuff. Barney and Robin are like farting around with displays. They're dressing up like the pharaoh. They're touching the taxidermy moose, et cetera, et cetera. And that whole thing had a payoff, which is why I like the show. It's the two of them. Like Barney insinuated he was a legend at the museum because he was the kid that knocked the blue whale down. He took a T-Rex bone and threw it like a boomerang and the whale came down and Robin rightfully goes, you're full of shit. Cause most of this, you, I wouldn't believe you if your tongue were notarized mm-hmm. and they get into this pissing contest about who's the more edgy, you know, bad guest at the museum. And then they eventually get taken into the security guards office and they're going through the records. And that's all a pretense to set up Barney realizing the guy he thought was his uncle was his dad. Uncle Jerry was his biological dad. Yeah. So and that's where you get the that real they moment. did that. Yeah, and that's where you get the shit that makes you go, God damn, all right, I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. But the biggest sell for me overall was exactly what you talked about when we got started, which is Ted Mosby, you're promised. It's the story of this guy who's a little douchey, but ultimately lovable. And it's him realizing that about himself and trying to let go of the things that are keeping him from finding love because he wants love so fucking bad. And you can relate to that. And I just hit my mic and you watch the guy going around, having to date all these women, kiss a lot of frogs to find happiness, which is what you hope happens to you. Well, that's why you you relate it back to yourself. Yeah. You project a lot onto the show and they do some funny, memorable stuff that endears it to you. And then they bend over and drop trowel and take a big old (laughs) shit on your face. Yeah. What was the question? Am I wrong, dude? Oh, no, the you're question not wrong. was, am I wrong? <laughs> am I wrong, dude? Am I wrong? It's a nice rug. Uh, I think, yeah, no. I, I think My the question thing to take was, home is, what, oh, do you, what drew you to the show? That's what I was getting at. What was it about a normally, otherwise lame, fucking stupid show that kept you coming back until the end? Well, you know, for me, I just like to consume content, to be honest. You know? <laughs> I... I like to no. I mean, that's what it started as was just it was yeah. another show. It's the same thing that drew me to Community back in the day. Uh, was this show that I looked and said, okay, well, there's a lot to it because I didn't start watching How I Met Your Mother from the beginning. I probably joined in at like season three or four, 
and was like, okay, well, I guess I should probably watch this from the beginning. And it was one of those things where when I sat there and realized, like, okay, well, unlike a lot of sitcoms, you know, you kind of need some context for some of this stuff. And so that's what brought me back to the beginning, and I started to dive into it. But it's very much, you know, it, it, the, the archetypes are interesting. There's a there's something for everybody there. Again, you're not supposed to be Ted Mosby to relate to Ted Mosby. I, the everyman character that he sort of portrays is, is, in that sense, he's a flawed character because he's kind of a douchebag. You don't have to be the same kind of douchebag to be able to recognize that everybody has their own flaws. And in that sense, you relate to him. You know, you've got the Marshall and Lily dynamic, which appeals to any stupid couple out there that goes, oh, we're just like these people. Look at me. I'm, we're, we're Jim and Pam. Shut the fuck up. No, you're not. <laughs> Shots fired to the fucking shipdom. <laughs> you sons of bitches. You don't want to be Jim and Pam anyway. They could have rewrote that shit with Jim and Pam cheating on one another and breaking up in the end. That was a draft. They wrote that shit, and then they changed it because of all of you assholes who wanted to see something different. You changed the whole trajectory of The Office. I just want all of you to know. Moving on. If you're going to say anything, why not Why not be uh, uh, Leslie Nope and uh, what's his name? Ben uh, Wyatt. And Ben Wyatt. Such a better dynamic. Come on, guys. Pick your couples better. Shitheads. All of you. Anyways... I'm, we're gonna lose so many fans, <laughs> right? They're like, "Fuck it." These what was guys I... transgressed against the office. They're fucking dead to me. <laughs> what was I talking about? Right, how I met your mother. But that's what drew me to the show. It was it was a little bit funny. It had it had its serious moments, um, but all of it sort of related to you know the humanity of growing up with people you cared about and and social dynamics and familial dynamics, and and it sort of had that again what you kind of just drove home the sense that at the end of the day, it's all going to work out. You know, kids, I bought this house and uh, the house was a piece of shit and there were rats. And, uh, you know, the guy who came in to appraise it and, and inspect it told me to fucking run before the the roof caved in. But as you know, kids, that's the house we're sitting in right now. You know, it's that sense of everything doesn't have to start out. Okay. For it to find its way to being okay in the end. And as someone like you or me, who sort of is like, well, I've got $2,000 in my pocket, time to move to Boston. <laughs> it kind of makes you feel a little bit better that the decisions you're making in life aren't so crazy. You know, sometimes you do need to put yourself out there on the ledge in order to find your way back home. And, uh, you know, obviously they took that away from me in the end, so maybe things aren't going to be okay. <laughs> but that's the point, is that it, the show was supposed to be your escape from your uncertain life. What you cannot control in real life is the shit that's going to happen to you and the trials and tribulations you are going to face. But you know that in the show, your best buddies are always going to meet at McLaren's, which is the bar. They're going to sit in their same booth. They're going to make their usual jokes and japes, and Barney's going to sexually harass a waitress. And we're all going to laugh and laugh and laugh because 2013 was a different time. And... <laughs> Nothing bad happens. Nothing bad ever happened to Barney. No one ever me tooed Barney Stinson, and they should have. They had probable cause to do so, and they didn't, because what? this is a fantasy world that is not the real one. So why are you bringing death and destitution and taxes and disgusting stuff into this ending and making me very aware of my own mortality and the high probability because of my dog face and my bad <laughs> attitude that I'm going to die alone in a rented apartment That's in Reseda. Let's talk more about your dog face. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Let's shift. No. But 
it's yeah i think that's for all the reasons that i i loved the show and then became so disappointed with it because especially by mm-hmm. the time you get like you know by the time you've watched season one to season three or four you're sitting there going i can't wait to see who this is and what kind of dynamic this is and uh you know you know what kind of person ted is so even if again the mother isn't quite your type it was kristen Milioti. she better be your type oh, she's we gotta I, talk about that dude. she's delightful um <laughs> Not, you know, gorgeous. Anyways, I, I could talk for hours. Uh, but, what, you know, by the time you see that dynamic, you sit there and see all the reasons it works, and then they just take it away. You well, know? That, that was the other thing. I mean, you just hit on it, which is they also made the mistake of casting the most awesome woman Delightful. in the universe as the mother. Yeah. And giving her a whole episode where she acts the shit out of it, and you fall in love with her. It's one of those things where you feel like a fucking idiot. Because you're sitting there watching it and you go, I know she's not a real person, but I am projecting <laughs> complicate, very complicated feelings onto Kristen Milioti right now. And Oh, she had me. The moment she played that ukulele and sang that song, oh, I fell in Le'Veon love. Le'Veon Rose. Yeah, fell in love. I was talking to a friend. I was like, oh, it's so beautiful. And they were like, I don't really like that song. I was like, you shut your <laughs> fucking mouth and get out Walk. of my apartment. Uh, don't quote Dickens in my apartment. <laughs> it's just, you know... It's it's a it's one of those things that it, it it kind of reminded me when I walked out of the theater after watching Star Wars Episode Three, which mm. the theme was uh, when you love someone, you'll only end up pushing them away until you force choke them to death. So <laughs> <laughs> I kind of sat there and went, "This reminds me of that." It's one of those things that you know they spent six seasons letting you know that the person that you could love is right around the corner. And then maybe she's going to get hit by a bus. I don't know. <laughs> Put in that effort. I haven't met you yet. yet. Splat. Yeah. It, it, those aren't the kind of themes you want in a fucking sitcom format. Period. No. Fuck no. That's it. It was, it was a, a great concept. And they, they just, they're the, the running back who gets to the fucking end zone and showboats and drops the ball before you made it over the line. Mm-hmm. That's a sports analogy specifically for you because I know you love them. Oh, I'm so happy. I love I love the basket footballs, and the and the base the basketballs. That that's a sport, right? Basketball. I think I saw a movie. I think I saw a movie documentary about that. Two guys. It was a Ken Burns documentary <laughs> about two guys who invented basketball with huge penises. Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> Let's face it, folks. These are hard times. Most of you out there are sad, drunk, and unemployed, and the rest of you just act that way. Like the time you forgot that you were on a Zoom call and started masturbating out of instinct. It wasn't your fault. You were high! My point being, you're in no condition to raise a child in this or any economy. You could tighten your belt, or you could give me your unwanted children. Hi, I'm Ronnie Shuffle, and I want your kid to join my youth militia. As the son of Christian missionaries in Uganda, it has always been my dream to lead an army of child soldiers. Not in a fucked up way. I believe in giving child soldiers the tools to be their own boss. Second to me, of course. Research has shown that kids will be the critical resource in the coming wasteland. They can be fit in the tiny spaces, they don't require a lot of food, and they know how to use TikTok, which of course will be the world's bank by 2023. Trust me, your child is going to learn things at Uncle Ronnie's Boot Camp Academy that he won't learn in public school. Or the military, for that matter. Look, I know no parent can put a price on their child's life. But how does 50 grand sound? 
Think of all the Papa John's that buys you. And if my contacts in the State Department are to be believed, garlic butter is about to be worth its weight in gold. I'm sure you'll miss your kid, but he's going to a better place. Paramus. A lot of people have asked what I plan to do with my army of child soldiers. And to that, I say, don't ask so many questions. All of you need to know that your kids are going to live like kings and queens. Yes, queen. <laughs> Will they be participating in a series of paramilitary coups? I don't have the answer to that. Is it more likely I get bored halfway through and start a fight club for babies? Look, do you want the garlic butter vaccine or not? That's what I thought. So remember, you can give your child a better life. I mean, you can't, but Ronnie Shufshill can. Give me a call at 555-8008 and ask for Lord High Commander Shufshill. And as always, liberate the Garden Mall's Megaplex on Route 49! That's a fucked up concept to think about too, is, is what you were talking about before. The concept of you have a soulmate out there, but what if they fucking die before you ever get a chance to meet them? Well, I realized a long time ago, you know, statistically speaking, there, there has to be somebody out there that's absolutely perfect for you in every way. And I mean, like, you know, you're never going to meet that person because all, all the different things that, that come into play, time and, and, you know, maybe the person who was perfect for you died in 1843. You're never going to know. But, you know, compatibly speaking, that person did exist at some point or another. They could be, you know, hanging out in fucking the UK or India or Alaska. They could be married already. They could have gone through enough marriages that made them jaded. They could have died because the bus hit them. <laughs> and so you're never going to meet that person. It's very disappointing. And it, it, it sort of plays to the settling nature of love. Don't y'all feel better at home now? Uh, and don't get me wrong. I think love is about compromise and about growing with somebody else. I, I think that there's a, a real aspect of that as well. Uh, you know, you're never going to meet somebody and right off the bat, it's the perfect fucking thing in the world. You got to grow and you got to fight and you got to make up and you've got to, you know, develop. I mean, we've known couples that we thought of as being as the most toxic fucking awful couple in the world sometimes. And they end up, you know, being the happiest sometimes because they, go the distance, yeah. they end up taking those bad aspects about one another and, and helping each other solve it in a, in a way, you know, that that makes them both healthier, more adjusted people. So I take everything that I say, you know, with a grain of salt. I don't think that when I say that, you know, you should assume that what I'm saying is like, you're going to meet someone's going to be the easiest thing in the world. But I'm saying that a compatibility wise, you know, there's somebody out there for everybody and mine is already taken. <laughs> don't that make me feel better? It's a great attitude. Yeah. I'm going to die alone. We all know this. It's okay. I've made my peace with it. Why shouldn't you? Well, maybe not, Rory. I have potentially bombshell information on my phone for you. Jesus Christ, what now? What I didn't this? even... Let, let's point out, too. I'm kind of ruining the magic by talking about it, but usually <laughs> I have to ham-fist a segue this to sounds work like a my setup agenda for a big fall. into the show. What's that? I said, this sounds like a setup for a very big fall for me. Be careful. I've been sitting by myself for over 30 days <laughs> in a very smelly, sweaty room. I wish Smell-O-Vision existed because all of you guys would turn it off. <laughs> Before the show started. Honestly, it's I, I, I get a good sense of it watching you on the other side of that monitor. Because everything looks jaundiced. And I know <laughs> you have a really good camera. so I actually don't. Uh, it's, nah, it's okay. It's, 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 a, it was a bit. It was a bit. You're a bit. Go on. What were you going <laughs> to say, asshole? This might. This might. 
put you in a bind, Rory, but let's see if you can make it past the twist at the end here, all right? <laughs> Great. I'm glad we went from, uh, I'm going to be alone. You go, mm, I don't know about that. Can you see the twist coming, Rory? <laughs> Maybe not, but probably. Uh, this is an iTunes review of the podcast. Five stars, and it says, up there with the McElroy brothers. Now, does that mean anything to you? No. <laughs> it doesn't They mean. are. I had to look it up. <laughs> We're off to a great start. They, uh, they do a podcast called My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's about. I do not know what it's about. But apparently we are just as good as this podcast that I know nothing about. It could be Stormfront Daily. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> now, there's one thing we need to talk about today on My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and that's the Jewish conspiracy. <laughs> okay, now, great. when we say brother, you understand we mean that exclusive of black people, right? We don't mean it the way they mean it. <laughs> My God. We mean fellow whites. Anyone who's not, you know, Anglo-Saxon Protestant is not who we're talking about. <laughs> not not going to happen, buddy. Ain't going to happen. Um, all right, so here's the review. Up there with the McElroy brothers. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Alex and Rory are up there with the good boys, which is, must be something their fans call them. Mm-hmm. Sounds kinky to me. Um the next part, I once went down a Skimbo Lounge rabbit hole for six hours. Six hours. Only the McElroy brothers have kept my attention for that long. You should definitely give this podcast a listen. And here's the twist, Rory. P.S. That Rory guy can slide into my DMs anytime. Not a joke. I'm serious. Goodness. Yeah, I don't know. Uh... Here in print for you to see. Someone out there is making themselves a sexy, sexy mistake. <laughs> You're going to be the meat in a regret sandwich. Have you seen the, the, the drawings that Koch does of me on the Instagram? Those are not an exaggeration. My eyes scooped out. I wondered if anybody got that, that I was going for Love is Blind. I did. I got you it. got it. Because oh, yeah. you did the episode. I, I was there. Also, I saw the picture, and I had no eyes. <laughs> yes. Very astute of you. Two plus two is four. <laughs> so, well, that's nice. That's a very nice review. Yeah. I appreciate that. I only Got know yourself that... yourself a suitor. Oh, that makes me feel so special. I wonder <laughs> what his name is. <laughs> What's the guy's name in Dumb and Dumber? Seabass? Seabass. <laughs> you just wait. Eat his ass, Seabass. <laughs> Great. I'm just going to find myself in the wrong toilet stall at the wrong time of night. Someone's going to come in. Oh, it's that one boy I compared to the Macklemore's. <laughs> Smile like a donut. Macklemore. Great. Oh, well, that oh, makes shit. me feel a little better. That's nice. That's nice. That was nice of that person. That's sweet. I don't know how they're going to find your DMs or you theirs, but I'm out sure there. They'll make, they'll make it happen. I'm out there on some social media. I, I must have forgotten to delete one. I think I'm still on MySpace. You never know. Are you really? I don't think so. Are your top eight intact? This is very important. Uh, it's it's Tom, because I didn't have enough people. <laughs> Just eight versions of Tom. Eight versions of Tom. Tom. Tom in a hat. Tom in a fish suit. Tom Neg- with a mustache. Negative image Tom. <laughs> Tom giving Tom head. Oh, jeez. 
That one got deleted. It's just a big X now. Fun while it lasted. Yeah. That happened once Justin Timberlake took over MySpace and made it about music. No more pictures of Rory's penis on MySpace anymore, <laughs> let me tell you that. In a folder called the old Salchiche. In the internet was lesser for it. That's all I got to say. We really are living in a post-Rory's dick pic MySpace world. People mm-hmm. use 9-11 as the line, and I don't think that's appropriate because <laughs> people died in 9-11. Yeah, no, we're, we're living in a BPAP world, before penis and after penis. <laughs> so I just want everyone to be aware now. Change your clocks, folks. Change your clocks. Also, get rid of uh, get rid of midnight. I'm cutting it back. We're only going to eleven now. Everyone's gonna get some 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 more time out of their day. Wait, less time. I should think about this before I talk. How many beers have you had? <laughs> yes. Are these your dinner beers? Have you moved on? Did you finish your lunch beers? I haven't. Uh, yeah, we're we're a little past dinner beer, and and I've headed into beer o'clock. <laughs> I really, really, more than anything in this world, dude, if I'm being honest, I do want you to get married and have kids because I want you to turn into the the biggest dad ever who has that. Get off the shed! (laughs) I will not say it again. You're going to knock my beer o'clock tin sign off the side of the shed with your horsey ass and around trying to grill these brats. You got to bring Becky to dance class. I didn't sign up for fucking dance classes. She's going to play lacrosse. <laughs> we said the boy would dance, the girl would do sports. That because was the agreement. That's the agreement. Because we are woke, Carol. We are woke. Shit. Oh, that's a great thing that reminds me too. Rory, right here, right now, I want to I do something. I want to set it in stone. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and great. give you credit. In front of every listener, I'm going to give you credit Oh no! for starting the trend of calling belligerent white women Karen. Uh, I did that? You have been doing that since I've known you. I mean, the internet's been all over that for a while, but as far back as I can remember, Karen's been a pretty great derogatory term in my, in my repertoire. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Karen. I met Karen's- you in 2004, and mm-hmm. you were using Karen as, a, as an epithet then. Was the internet a thing back then? Did it, did it... <laughs> I can't. I got to do my maths on this one. Yes, Rory, because that's how we all had cyber sex with each other was on AIM. It was back when I was going to things like funnyjunk.com. <laughs> Ebaum's world. Just, yeah, just random assortments of links to other bullshit. Uh, the internet used to be so simple before you would go on and literally every thread had some sort of conspiracy theory about Barack Obama. Oh, what a time to be alive. Those are the days. Those are the days before the racist trolls figured out that this was a way that they could spread hate and misinformation. <laughs> yeah, but don't you know that the Jews were responsible for 9-11? Mm, I don't think that's quite accurate. <laughs> Fag. Oh, great. Okay. Great. Nicely done. Yeah. yeah I can't it's... tell you the amount of times in like post, post-graduating, when I graduated in 2010 till now, the number of times... That I have been informed about my own sexuality online. Never anything positive. <laughs> Very surprising. <laughs> Gotta tell you. Didn't know some things about myself until, uh, you know, uh, you know, Wiener Dong 69420 told me. Uh, but boy, very informative stuff. What um, kind of stuff? Like the kind of stuff you like up your butt? And... Oh, God, take dealer's choice. Anything you can say, you know, I've, I've heard. Did you know that I'm a boomer, apparently? <laughs> oh, 
Why? Because you're should older be... than the person insulting you? Yes, usually. I see. I play a lot of video games, and I hear a deep voice sometimes. And those little uh, squeaky bastards, they they'll sure uh, they'll sure tell you what's what. It sure did hurt my feelings. And then you hear some mom yell in the background, "Steven, you're late for dinner." <laughs> Whatever you, know. you say, boomer. Yeah. Okay, boomer. Ah, oh, dude, think... she caught a lot of shit, huh? Yeah. That okay boomer girl? Oh, I don't even know. What? What is this? Have you seen that video? It's the Maybe girl not. in the Bernie shirt. <coughs> Let's be honest. I hope she's not super young. I'm pretty sure she's like 22. I'll feel bad if she's any younger than that. But she's um, <laughs> no, like a cosplayer who did. You haven't seen this? I remember there being something about, like, I, I kind of heard about what you're talking about, but I don't remember really researching into it. Why don't you go ahead and lay it out for us? Oh, it's a big uh, simp scandal, man. A big scandal in the world of simphood. <laughs> See, online we call them incels, involuntary uh. celibates. And a lot of them take up the designation themselves, to be honest. They see it as being like a, it's not my problem. It's the women who won't fuck me's problem. Which, what a twist. <laughs> Gotta tell you. <laughs> they can't appreciate my gnarled troll cock, and therefore it's their problem. Oh yeah, I gotta tell you, it's it. There's there are whole subreddits dedicated to these people finding one another online, and then talking about why it's everybody else's problem that they are belligerent assholes to the people who want to talk to them. It's pretty hilariously depressing stuff. Well, and incels are actually kind of different from a simp because incels have like a codified doctrine and like <laughs> believe yes. in something. Simps just want to get laid so fucking bad. And I have another story that dovetails. Well, that's with fair, this. I guess. That's it's the difference is being the the people who think that they still have a chance versus the people who who have decided that they don't. They more than think they have a chance. They're like, it's a certainty that if I'm a dickhead to Chrissy Teigen online, that she is going to leave her husband and fuck my brains out. So the people who have kind of taken upon negging, I guess, is what you're saying. Like, <laughs> it's definitely part of it. Okay, go on. Sorry, I don't mean to keep sidetracking you here. No, no, I'm sidetracking myself. Yes, you um, are. It's embarrassing. The, the the big one recently, and honestly, it uh, it kind of ties into a little something I pulled on behalf of the podcast. So, oh, God. I'm ready for this. <laughs> well, you guys remember when I was advertising last week's pod, episode 70, Back to the Pod, with special guest Tanner, Engineer Tanner. Yep. I did not advertise that it was Tanner. I <laughs> thought I was being funny and clever. No, you did not. And I heavily advertised... Uh, <laughs> That you may have seen this person on Saturday Night Live. Because you may have. I don't know if Tanner's ever been to a taping. You may have seen him when they panned to the audience. You may Technically have seen accurate. Him panhandling for crack and blowjobs outside of the studio. Yeah, maybe I we don't should have know. just said, uh, you know, uh, maybe you've seen him at a local Denny's. Maybe that would have been more accurate. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> you've seen him on Broadway selling oranges. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't say what Broadway. But uh, so I, 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 I wrote a check that the podcast ass couldn't cash. I will and, say uh, I noticed that we got a surprising number of visits based on that hashtag, <laughs> none of which translated into listens. Shocker. Well, but, now I know why, because I see why that's not a cool thing to do. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about this Doja Cat stuff. But you no. know me. I love her. I mean, absurd. what did we say a long time ago? My type of woman is absurdly proportioned women. 
They just have these unrealistic figures, and that what is what a wonderfully interesting way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> she does not look. She looks like a man made her in a factory. So <laughs> she's just all tits and hips and ass. And this is the most woke episode of Skimbo Lounge ever. <laughs> the woke episode. Uh, I just don't give a fuck anymore. And, and I guess so not. anyway, <laughs> Doja <on>. Cat. <laughs> She she has a remix of her song Say So with Nicki Minaj. And she put out a tweet and said, to all my fans, if you get the Say So remix to hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100, I will show my boobs hard. So, of course, the symptom goes fucking crazy. And when I say symptom, I mean like the kingdom of simps, the symptom. Simphood, the simp community. They go fucking crazy. And they're like, we'll listen to the shit out of us. And, and a lot of it is a natural phenomenon of she's a hot property. She's with Nicki Minaj. It's a fucking bop. The song's good. Sure. So it, it hits number one on the Billboard Hot 100. So, of course, all the dudes lose their minds. Like, we are finally going to see Doja Cat titty. She didn't think this they could do the it. Greatest day of our lives. She gets on Instagram Live and she suddenly realizes she starts laughing. She's like, oh, shit. I forgot I have to show hard boo because you guys made the song number one. Here's the thing. You guys played yourselves. Look at you. You played yourselves. I'm not going to do that. Come on. Be better than that. Yeah, they don't want to hear that. Yeah. No. So now everybody wants to cancel Doja Cat because they feel like they were owed some titty. What a hard... (laughs) discussion to have (laughs) on the one hand you want to say you should have known better than to promise boob to an internet full of thirsty virgins because (laughs) not only are those the kind of people who will come out and support you as hard as they can they're also the people who will spew more vitriol than anybody else on the internet and you just pissed them all off so, on the one hand, fucking brilliant. I got to tell you, brilliant. If I promise to show hard boob, will you get this uh, video a, a hundred? Uh, I'll drop sack if you if this thing hits a thousand <laughs> listens. I promise. I'll put it on Instagram Live. Oh, show them the onions, Rory. <laughs> Nobody Yo. wants to see that. Uh. Oh my god, it's like it's if you could dehydrate if you could like dehydrate marbles, it kind of looks like you know, what is that? I don't don't lie. I bet you've got monster balls. It's like somebody wrap wrap ball bearings in potato skins. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. As Phil Leotardo on the Soprano says, that's an image. Yep. It's like somebody paired those up with a sad Vienna sausage. I don't understand. <laughs> What is this? What am I looking? Oh, God. <laughs> yep. A thousand. Thousand listens. <laughs> Get going. I, I, I'm setting that in stone. If this episode gets a thousand <laughs> plays, Rory's going to drop sack. And he's going to show sack hole. <laughs> I'm going to get us kicked off Instagram. <laughs> That's yes. great. That's fantastic. Here for a good time, not a long time. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. That's like the worst shit. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I feel bad now because I Doja catted our fans. You know, yeah. I didn't. Well, I didn't show pussy. If you think this is going where you wanted to, you're wrong. Well, no, <laughs> but that's that's this thing, man. You can't. You know, on the one hand, the internet is full of angry, responsive people who will reach out to hate fuck you with their words. You know, I bet you that all of her emails got spammed and destroyed. You know. Oh, There's... here's the twist, Rory. She got doxxed. Mm-hmm. They found her address and posted it on the internet. Yeah, that doesn't shock me at all. Can you fucking imagine? I'm surprised she didn't get swatted. Because that's another thing that happens. That shit happens over angry games of Call of Duty, for fuck's sake. When you piss off thousand plus... Think about how many of these people had to be involved to get her to number one on the billboard. And to be fair, it might have been the same hacker sitting there and setting up an algorithm and going, this thing's going to play over and over and over and over again. I'm sure there was a couple of those people involved, and those are the same people who doxed her. Uh, But still, regardless of that, you've got to have a lot of fucking people involved... So I'm shocked that, you know, that was, I mean, I'm not even going to say that because getting docs is fucking horrible. Uh, But again, I've seen people get fucking swatted over losing games of Call of Duty. So, well, uh, for those unfamiliar, walk them through a swatting. So a swatting is basically the same thing as a doxing, except that the person is good enough where they can access the dispatch of the local police unit to dispatch SWAT to a particular location under false pretenses. Now, this happens a lot, or it used to happen a lot. People would do it as a, quote, prank, bro. And uh, they, they would, you know, find the person's address through, you know, through their internet savvy, because you can learn a lot of things about people based on finding their IP address um, and then pinging them. And so they find the person's address, then they hack into the local uh, the local police dispatch, and then they dispatch a SWAT to that location under false pretenses. Those people go in and uh, bust that fucking place down like it was something that actually needed SWAT to be there. They, they go in fucking hard and heavy. Now, a lot of people blame the, the SWAT units for that, and partially I do as well, because you would think that there would be some sort of verification process or, you know, you get to, uh, you know this normal guy's fucking apartment you sit there go we're not gonna find a sweaty virgin who's really good at call of duty in there we're gonna find (laughs) drugs or a hostage situation but i guess you you know you can't really not take a hostage situation seriously but so what ends up happening is they fucking flash and clear you know they they come up to the door they boom knock that thing in flashbangs inside and i don't know if you know but flashbangs will fuck you up a lot of people who play games and shit, you think a flashbang's going to knock your eyes and you're going to, oh, I'm, I'm blinded for a second. You know, a really bright light. No, that shit will fuck your eardrums up. That will make something, that, that could deafen you. It could partially blind you. There was a story about a doxing situation from a couple years ago where the flashbang ended up in a baby's crib and that baby got some oh. serious fucking burns. There's also an, another one about a guy who ended up getting swatted while he was in the shower and they fucked that dude up royally because when they burst into his house, he didn't hear any of it because he was in the fucking shower. And so they came in and they jacked his shit up. Um, people get shot. People get killed when this happens. Uh, swatting is this crazy fucking thing. And always it ends up getting traced back to some dumb fucking douchebag who did it because you, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta figure out after it happens, they, they want to, you know, figure out who did it. But that's basically what swatting is. Swatting is, is the, the most angry piece of shit assholes on the internet doing the most reactionary, angry piece of shit thing they can, as far as I'm considered. Would I see it as being that- a step above doxing. 
It's a step. Okay, so I was just about to ask, do you think there's a step somewhere in between doxing and swatting, or does it go from doxing to swatting? I think doxing is a pretty scummy thing to do because it allows any crazy son of a bitch to take your address and come and harass you. And that shit can last over a long amount of time, but swatting can get you killed. Don't get me wrong, doxing can get you killed if the wrong psychopath mm-hmm. shows up at your fucking door. But swatting is a guaranteed action from trained police officers who are coming in to put you the fuck down, you know, with lethal means. Nobody goes into a swatting situation with fucking beanbag rounds. These are dudes that are loaded out with assault weaponry and submachine guns, you know, uh, things that are meant for a, this is a tactical response unit. You know, it's a, it's a scary thing I assume to happen. And unlike in a hostage situation where that dude's sitting there waiting for that shit to happen, you're sitting there on the fucking couch and these dudes burst the fuck in and they're telling you to get the fuck down on the ground. And you as a fucking normal citizen might be sitting there going, well, I have rights and uh, I don't understand why I need to respond. You just invaded my home. What happens if you dox uh, a gun owner and he's on the second floor and these people, boom, burst into the fucking house? These are no-knock raids. They're not coming in and fucking announcing themselves half the time. Mm -hmm. They're coming in to fucking be a tactical response. They're moving quick and they're moving effectively. They're not trying to give you the moment to respond. That's why flashbangs are involved, you know? Uh, So there's a way higher chance of you. There was just a story about these three um, plainclothes police officers who no knock entered a home residence and shot and killed the woman who was inside. And, uh, I think they clipped the boyfriend, but they killed her, uh, because they moved in without a warrant and, uh, they did so. And they had the wrong address. So, I mean, there's a lot you can talk about there. A plainclothes officers. That's a big fuck up. Yeah. Two, they didn't announce themselves. B they had, you know, three, they had the wrong fucking address, like a bunch of dipshits different scenarios of course but the point being is that you know the reason these two people got shot was because they thought these people were home invaders and they were defending their home so imagine if a SWAT unit shows up to you after a game of Call of Duty you're upstairs in the shower and you hear somebody burst the fuck in you don't quite hear them fucking yell sheriff's department or whatever the fuck there's you know uh, and you immediately go for your gun first person through that door you take a shot at you're fucking dead mm-hmm. so I would go ahead and say that it's 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 a tier above doxing just in the sense that, you know, I think a lot of pussies on the internet aren't going to do a hell of a lot with that address, except maybe send some shitty mail or, uh, you know. Jesus Christ, you're going to do all of this over a set of titties? Like, the internet is full of them. Like, well, all, you could be like Templeton the Rat with cyber <laughs> That's a good reference, Templeton the Rat. <laughs> Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I love the Charlotte's Web reference. Um, <laughs> it makes things, that's what it is. It's a smorgasbord. It makes things happier for, for what we've been talking about. Very serious topic. When you bring Templeton the Rat into it, everyone's like, ooh, fun. <laughs> so, so the SWAT team kills him because he's too full to run, yeah. Well, you, you shoot rats, too. I mean, you know. Yeah, true. Rat lives matter. And so... Uh, <laughs> we're, we're Usually gonna, that's me, but you did it this time. We're going to get some emails. Uh, it's okay. But so, I, again, I'm not saying any of this to downplay doxing because it's like put it, it's like the difference between a 9 and a 10, in my opinion. You know, uh-huh. it's, it's a really scummy, shitty thing to do. And, and I, I 100% agree with you. Jesus Christ, get a fucking life. I think the kind of people who were sitting there so thirsty over Doja Cat's tits that they needed to fucking get her to number one have only themselves to blame. It's like what she said. You played yourselves, which they Listen, did. If she's like, I'm going to live stream my cult. Like, 
I am going to get on top of a glass coffee table naked, and I'm going to bend over on all fours, and I'm going to cough violently. That's wildly specific. (laughs) (laughs) I've had some time to think about my demands, and (laughs) if she's listening, just in case, cross your fingers. Yeah, if she was like, let's scope the inside of my butthole, then like maybe people can have an no, excuse to. No, I don't, I don't know if <laughs> I agree to, with not that. Not to dox, not to dox. To be, to be upset, upset when it's taken away from them. Look, like, everybody the, has the, the right to be upset about anything. People have the right to be upset about anything. I can be upset if I go to the local supermarket and they're like, I'm sorry, we're out of the kind of chicken you like. Oh, I'm upset. That doesn't mean I'm going to firebomb the supermarket. There's, Are there's you going to a... be like one of those assholes from Mashpee, Massachusetts, who called the 17-year-old girl a cunt at the ice cream store? I couldn't believe that shit. What I couldn't believe it. man? Fill them in if they don't know uh, at home what, what this is specifically about. Because this is that's, the, this, ice cream. It's about ice that's, cream. That's pretty much all it is, man. And you fill in what I don't get here. But essentially, uh, this ice cream store reopened in Massachusetts when social distancing guidelines were, or when businesses were allowed to reopen, but within social distancing guidelines. Mm-hmm. So they set up a system where you place your order ahead of time so that dumb fucks don't come and mob the place. But of course, dumb fucks came and mobbed the place. And they got mad and at the service. They couldn't get a triple ripple dipple cone. They freaked the fuck out at the teenage staff. And they this one 17-year-old girl, the guy was like, she got called things you don't call guys in the military. Like... What the fuck? They're calling her a little cunt and stuff because they weren't 17 years old. Yeah, their fat faces stuffed fast enough. And it's like, this is why we want to open the fucking country back up. I get it. The economy is suffering. But Jesus Christ, if you guys are going to act like this, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I can't we... make threats. I'm in no position. Well, it's a scary time in America right now. It really is because you're seeing sort of the depths of like human irresponsibility right now. Mm-hmm. It, there's so many people out there in so many different states, larger swaths depending on what state, who are sitting there going, "We can be responsible." Uh, you, this is tyranny. I don't think you know what tyranny really is, motherfucker. If you're super upset about having to hang out at home playing PlayStation for 30 days, I, I think it's pretty fucking reasonable. And I think that it would have been more reasonable if we had closed earlier, because we'd probably all be doing a lot better by now. But what's going to end up happening is we're going to see a sincere fucking rebound in this thing uh, if we open too early and we don't do it responsibly. So everyone's trying to do this sort of trickle opening so that we can all gauge whether or not everything's okay. And uh, and then we can go from there. But we can't even do that. Because, again, we're seeing certain states sitting there with people who are like, I'm so mad, I'm going to storm the state building. You know, I'm going to storm... Uh, I'm going to go and let legislators know how I feel about it. To the point where legislators need to be covered by armed gunmen i think that's a little bit far calling me crazy but then you're also seeing those same protesters wearing fucking masks mm-hmm. so and there's the serious people that say blue lives matter blue lives matter until you're screaming in a cop's face without a mask on yeah because he's keeping you out of the fucking state building because i don't know it looks like there's an angry mob that's armed out front maybe you should let him do his fucking job I don't know. I think that it's funny, though, that everyone talks about how we're going to be so responsible. And yet in the states where you see a lot of people out, like New York City, uh, it doesn't seem to be doing much better. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little nervous about all that. And again, I see a lot of people. I feel like we talked about this on a previous podcast. But, you know, I see a lot of people online talking about we, how they wish that we would take the Swedish model of personal responsibility into play. 
And I sit there and go, okay, America, even when we didn't adopt that, quote, personal responsibility, we have a 2,000 plus, yeah, I think that's deaths per million. And they have something like 1,500. It's not a hell of a lot better. And the local, country, or the local countries near them, their neighboring countries, have like 500 less deaths than them. So even when you're responsible, people are still dying. But that's not to say that when you're less responsible that more people aren't dying because they are. So well, like, also, I don't, what's I don't the get the argument. Density of, what's the population of Sweden and the population density? And what are all these other questions? Like, th- it's They're not directly questions. comparable. And these and fuckers I'm not sure. don't understand that. See, that's why I always look at the per capita response, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the number per million. Because you can go ahead and you can look at those numbers and see that, oh, well, shocker. Sweden isn't doing so fucking great, you know? They're not doing as bad as America. Uh, but then again, we they're not run by our wonderful government right now. Daddy Trump. Good old Daddy Trump. Just so disappointing. I don't want to get too into politics, but I want to get off the fucking ride sometimes. And by yeah, that, me I mean too. all year. I think it's funny, and I just want to bring this up. I remember in... 2018 everyone's like can't get much worse than that and then 2019 happened everyone was like jesus christ 2020 is gonna be our year and everyone's like wouldn't it be nice to go back to 2018 wouldn't that be great can we please can we please go back to that when the only thing we were worried about was lots and lots of school shootings and and, and school shootings are simpler times seriously it's a scary fucking president it's a scary precedent to set, man. And we're there right now. When yeah. people are looking back at the last two to three years nostalgically, I don't, I don't know where that kind of mentality comes from. Personally, I want to go back to 1994. Salt and pepper was a thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> One man indeed. What, what a day for 90s hip hop. That's, that's where I want to go back. Can't we just all go back to the 1990s, you guys? I think we'd all appreciate that. Look at the fun shirts they were wearing. And those cups with like the blue zigzag kind of thing on them. Everyone's using styrofoam. You see one we of those, know. you get real happy. <laughs> back in the day, everyone was, you know, getting, getting smoothies. and. <laughs> <laughs> Heading down to the, the local 7-Eleven for an icy. Mm-mm-mm. What fun. Did you guys watch Seinfeld last night? That creamer. What a character. <laughs> oh, I went down and got an ice cream at my local store, and I did not call the person serving me a cunt. What a fun time it was. Was amazing. Took me seven minutes to get a shaved ice, but I was calm about it. I was cool. <laughs> I realized that was just somebody working for minimum wage, and I shouldn't yell at them. This hmm. is a human being, not a dog that I don't like. I'm just kidding. doesn't mean that in the 90s we were morally responsible either. We were terrible people then, too. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Talk to a guy named Momar Gaddafi. Oh, that's right. You can't because <laughs> you can't. he's dead. Knife up the butt. That's a hard way to go, man. <sighs> Yikes. That's, yeah. Way to bring it to a dark place. <laughs> yeah. As if the rest of this was so cheery. <laughs> well, I guess we'll end it here on the knife butt. <laughs> Is that it? Are we at time? Oh, we have been talking for an hour. It wouldn't be the worst time to call it a day. You no, know? nah, that's okay. This is a, a nice little inner. What, do we want to plug what we got going on on our next pod? 
We're trying yeah, to hop. Go, we're, go for it. We're trying to hop and do two a week now, just because we got the time to do it. And uh, not like we're gonna have any work anytime soon. <laughs> Fun fact: Goldman Sachs just projected that they think employment's gonna hit about twenty five percent in the next couple of months. So everyone, get yeah. ready for that one in four unemployed. Won't that be spectacular? But on a brighter note. <laughs> We'll be having a, a good friend of the pod, a Mr. Bobby Gaglini on, on Friday, which will be, I don't know when it'll, it'll come out. Uh, this is coming out Friday, I assume, so Monday. Um, he'll be on, and uh, he's one of our friends uh, from L.A., where we'll be talking a little bit more about the West Coast perspective, probably on, on some of this stuff going on, as well as he's got a couple of projects that he, he's working on, and uh, he's a fellow entertainer. He's going to have some fun stories, and also he's just as weird as we are. So get ready for some random bullshit. He's a delightful specimen. I want to ask him about the Magic Castle. I want to ask him about Epstein's Island. I just want to know about it all. <laughs> everything. Just everything. He's got the answers for all of us, to all your burning questions. All of them. Seriously. Send us some questions and we'll ask him. Oh, yeah, definitely. Use the hotline, the Skimbo hotline, skimbolounge at gmail.com. You can send us stories, tips, suggestions, uh, sexually suggestive photos. I'm not soliciting them. I'm just saying you can do it. Just a suggestion. You're so inclined. Just a suggestion. You want us it's to do just, anything? I'm just letting I you know, know what's anything. possible. <laughs> <laughs> Doja Cat, if you are listening, I am interested in the results of your latest gynecological visit. And if you have cell phone footage, you uh, can listen, send it. Didn't you read the review from earlier? Clearly, she's into me. <laughs> Back <laughs> off. Do you know how fucking mad I will be if it is Doja Cat? And she's like, I got to have that Rory cock and I got to have it now. <laughs> that Vienna sausage. That's great. The other one and, sounds and, fat. And a- angry potato skins. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. All right. Well, we'll call it a day here. Thank you for joining us once again. And until next time, thank you. Uh, go fuck yourselves. And goodbye. Goodbye.